I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hello and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I appreciate you returning for another meditation. My name is Tanner. I am your host. And before we get started, I would like to remind you that if you'd like to get rid of ads in this show and you'd like to get straight to the point, you can subscribe to the premium version of this podcast at stoicism.supercast.com. And I hope that you will. One day this might be my full-time living and that would be swell. And it's a great way to let me know that you appreciate the work I'm doing. So if you can, thank you. And if you can't, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or podchaser.com. Also, just a real quick note that in today's meditation, we are told to be men, to be like Romans. And for those of you out there who are listening who are of the female persuasion, I want to take just a second to remind you that this philosophy is intended for you too. Stoicism, if anybody takes it seriously, which I assume everyone listening to this program does, Stoicism is for everyone. It is not a gender-exclusive philosophy. The language of it, because it's from so deep back in antiquity, can make it seem that way, but it's not. So to my female listenership, you belong here too, and I hope that the way that I deliver the explanations of these meditations are as useful to you as they are to the many, many men who subscribe to this podcast. I'm not completely unaware of the fact that if you Google Stoicism or what is Stoicism, you get a lot of really half-assed attempts at explaining what it is, and it can come off as very bro-y or machismo, and that is not what this philosophy is. And part of why I present this podcast in the way that I do is to make sure there's another option out there. Hey, this is stoicism, but it's not dude bro stoicism, and it's not Silicon Valley stoicism, and it's not ancient stoicism. It's practical stoicism, and it's for everybody. And that's all I'll say on it. Today, we're going to be going over meditation number five from book two, which reads as follows. Every moment, think steadily as a Roman and a man to do what thou hast in hand with perfect and simple dignity, and feeling of affection, and freedom, and justice, and to give thyself relief from all other thoughts, and thou wilt give thyself relief if thou doest every act of thy life as if it were the last, laying aside all carelessness and passionate aversion from the commands of reason, and all hypocrisy, and self-love, and discontent with the portion which has been given to thee, Thou seest how few the things are, 
the which if a man lays hold of, he is able to live a life which flows in quiet, and is like the existence of the gods. For the gods, on their part, will require nothing more from him who observes these things. I'm going to start by picking apart the Roman concept of acting like a man. I know that some of you might find that obnoxious, but I think it's worth doing. A man is focused. He strives to do the task he is given to the best of his ability, even when circumstances surrounding his efforts are dire or otherwise problematic. A Roman man is the epitome of the old British standby, keep calm and carry on. And if you know your English history, well, that might make even more sense to you now. But do you need to be a man to exercise these qualities? Indeed not. And I would say that the world would be a much better place if both men and women acted more, as Marcus says here, quote, like Roman men. And anyone can, of course, because focus and attention, what the Stoics call the practice of prosike and resilience to circumstance, are not innately male qualities. In fact, since all humans require training to develop these skills, they are not even innately human qualities. So when Marcus suggests we essentially man up, let us replace that with be the best version of yourself you can be, because that is truly what he means. Every moment think steadily as a Roman and a man, and do what thou hast in hand with perfect and simple dignity and feeling of affection and freedom and justice. It is unbelievably easy to be distracted in today's world. There are alerts, emails, alarms, social media notifications, and talking smart speakers, all vying for our attention every minute of most every day. Focusing on a single task, the moment you're given it, and keeping your head down to get it done promptly and well is something many of us wish we could do more frequently or at all. But imagine if we could. Imagine if we could construct a life, a way of moving through our days, which found us doing less, but concentrating and achieving more. What Marcus is telling us to do here is to put the blinders on so that we can do the things we need to do, so we can do them well, with care, and with our full attention. So here we have a Roman emperor championing the idea of deep work, and that's about 2,000 years before all of today's self-help books began to do the same two millennia before the concept of unplugging. And thou wilt give thyself relief, if thou doest every act of thy life as if it were the last, laying aside all carelessness and passionate aversion from the commands of reason, and all hypocrisy, and self-love, and discontent with the portion which has been given to thee. Now here, Marcus doesn't mean self-love in the sense of taking care of oneself, the way we might use the phrase self-love today. He's talking about being in love with yourself in a conceited fashion. Marcus is telling us here that we can do these things that he's suggesting we do, be a man in his wording, and he's then going on to tell us how we can do it. He's telling us in his way not to look at the duties we're tasked with as things which simply need to get done quickly so we can move on to the next thing. Rather, he's suggesting we look at these as things which we might be known for after our deaths. We're not just taking out the trash or picking up the house. We're building a body of work that defines who we are. Do we want to be thought of as aimless, as constantly frustrated or irritated? Do we want to be remembered as the sort of person who preached the way people ought to be, but were never that way ourselves? Of course not. Who would want that? At my funeral, I might want people to say I was fun, a good friend, and a nice guy, but I would also want them to say he followed through. 
He gave everything his all. He was thoughtful in his dealings. And those are things I believe that all of us want others to feel about us. But how can they think and feel those things about us if we never become identifiable with those things? And the last part is my favorite because it's very fatherly. Thou seest how few the things are, of which if a man lays hold of, he is able to live a life which flows in quiet and is like the existence of the gods. For the gods, on their part, will require nothing more from him who observes these things. He's kind of teasing us here, right? He's like a dad who's given us a pep talk and we're starting to feel a little bit better. And then he goes, yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's not that hard, is it? How hard is that? That's kind of what he's doing here. And I like that. In Marcus's view, a fulfilled life is one with as little friction with nature as possible. But he does allude to the idea that doing this is actually hard. I mean, the last line of the meditation is that the gods on their part will require nothing more from him who observes these things. If the gods can require nothing more of you than to do this, wow, this must not be an easy thing to do. If the gods can ask nothing greater from us than to develop our ability to focus, take our responsibilities seriously, and endeavor to ensure all we do is done thoughtfully and just, then perhaps in reality, disciplining ourselves in these areas is the hardest thing a human being might work towards. And if that's true, perhaps that is all the proof you need to start working on it today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. If you enjoyed it, if you learned something from it, consider leaving a review of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. Again, if you'd like to get rid of ads and if you'd like to support the show, you can become a premium subscriber by going to stoicism.supercast.com and any support you can give, I would greatly appreciate. Thank you again for listening and until next time, take care. Take care.